and welcome to Burkamp Wonderland. We are officially, we're an Arsenal podcast again and tonight I am joined by two very special guests and Chris. Firstly, it's Craig from the same old Arsenal podcast. You can catch his podcast every Monday night where Craig has to deal with the wonderful lead judges trying to wind him up for the entire show, but he rarely wins, does he, Craig? Rarely. But he has... Rarely, but some people might see him, might see it in my face sometimes. That yes, he does win sometimes, but rarely. Winning goal, you don't let him have it, dear. No, 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 absolutely not. Never and never will I. Oh, it's uh, it's wonderful. It reminds me of the old days of me and Gimli just being mean to each other. Now the only person I can be mean to is Chris. So uh, it's yeah, all, I do. It's, it's all friendly banter. We love each other, really. It is, yes. And uh, last night, good show last night with uh, with, a fa- with a fake Adrian Durham and babyface Dan who looks like your knob. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that. I told him that. He put a picture up on Facebook. I don't think his mum was too happy in the Facebook comments, to be honest. Oh, dear. Excellent. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Lovely. Right, next up, the man who presses the green button to go and the red button to stop on the world's biggest train set, it's Carl, the inventor of the hashtag Fuck Ellis movement. Carl, how is the movement going in these hard times? Uh, it's kind of dwindled. So if everyone oh. could please, just at Ellis, don't just say anything apart from hashtag Fuck Ellis. That's it. Nothing else, just hashtag Fuck Ellis. I will be appreciative of that. I will and ask you, Chris, but you know... Are you thinking of adapting it to add anything because he's got all the Spurs players and his fantasy team and he's still doing shit? I was a prick. Like, genuinely, <laughs> like, at the start of this season, we said no Spurs players and he wouldn't pull it in. So, no, I want him to lose. Get relegated. Division one. Fuck him. <laughs> and finally, Chris doesn't have a Twitter account anymore, so he is now irrelevant, much like he's still at the Farmers League. Bye, <laughs> Chris. I was never relevant in the first place. I'm just slightly less relevant even further now. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if um, I am going to start a donation page, a GoFundMe for uh, help Chris through these difficult times. So obviously, if you can spare at least 50 quid each, um, then that will take away the pain of my Twitter account being gone. Um, But no, in all seriousness, uh, nice to have you, Danny, have me on here and stuff and things. And I was wondering, could Carl maybe, you know, those thought for the day, things you have on the underground could you just like get one of those with fuck ls on it could you just you know somewhere like i know somewhere houston somewhere one of the big stations and just put fuck ls on the big boards there i mean i could you know just uh, as a service announcement say the next train is fuck ellis exactly like, it, it, it would work it would genuinely would work i mean i may lose my job but however just, you know take it's one for the it. team right it's worth it. And for all our viewers tuning in, we can confirm his fantasy points this week. He, he I think he captained um, the thing we can't call him that Steve used to call him. And I think he got 42 points last week. 42 points. He's a, a prick. I mean, look at this. Danny's got it up here. Look, look at this mess. Look, I'm actually I mean, ashamed. I am. And, and the worst bit, he calls himself a Boo AFC. I'm not even sure you'd be allowed to support Arsenal with a team like this. I'm really not. It's, it's absolutely... I've, I've got to make that a little bit bigger, haven't I? I've been saying that yeah, for Femi actually... Femi's got Spurs players in his team. So what if I was Femi a... did the decent thing and Femi left? And I said, don't leave Femi. Come <laughs> no, back. Fu- no, no, no. No, fuck no, no. You as well. Yeah. Is there, there's no excuse, Danny. Don't, don't give these people an out. It's just no excuse at all. 
Now, the reason why they're Burkamp, Wanderlow and Spotman of the league is because it's all ex-Arsenal players. So it's just <laughs> Kieran Gibbs playing every position. And uh, the only saving grace is Martinez, but he, he's turned to shit now. And I'm top of the league, people, as you can see by club, some way, some point. No Man United, no Man City, no Liverpool, no Chelsea. And no, obviously no Spurs because I'm not a not a scumbag, uh, and I'm running away of it. Thank you very much, uh, Jamie Vardy and Jack Grealish. So, uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Look, we've got a hater. We've got a hater. It's it's uh, it's that scumbag from the fantasy Premier League. That scumbag. I broke the world record. I don't know if people know. It's for the shortest Arsenal podcast ever. Twelve seconds. These scumbags didn't did a four second one. Just going. I don't fucking know. And that was it. And he's done it. And no one can beat four seconds. I hate them. Rules me out. Yeah, Trump supports for you. Anyways, let's go and have a little say hello to some of the people in the chat. We have got Carter Stage, who is a, a, a joined our, our YouTube. Very nice of him. Waste of money, but there you go. Uh, Reese Sergu, Pat Brady. Who else is in there? Jose Jose Jimenez Jimenez. Uh, Jimmy H. Jose, again, there's Carl there. Got to be nice to him. There's Michael in Sweden. We all know Michael. There's our Purple Lion in Florida, the deciding state. He's told me he's voted for Trump and, and he doesn't care. There's Julian Salmondo from our... On the edge of the playoffs as well, Orlando. Right on the edge of the playoffs in MLS. Portland, Portland to top, just in case you cared. Yeah, no one cares, Danny. That's Portland. No, no everyone hates Portland. Portland now, apparently. Yeah. Oh, should go back to Miami. Um, yeah, Julian Salmondo. Um, there's Hood Baby. I don't know what that is. Uh, we've said hello. Uh, MD Gunn has been mean, and then he changes his mind and is nice. Uh, oh, he says, fuck Ellis. There you go, Carl, just to cheer you up. There's Matt Roberts, Agni1982. We had an Agnelli on here once. Um, Colo's used cars. And good lineup today. Well, thank you very much. It is. There's Loki from PE something. Uh, who else is there? Oh, Sai and Vesh. And uh, someone called Chris on on the Twitch. Have you given us your prime donation, Chris? No, no, of course not, because you're no. a scumbag. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> having the listeners telling us, can we get on with the podcast, please? <laughs> it's like it's it's like Steve is looking down. I can just I can hear him now. Get on with it. Oh, here we go. I've actually got one of those in the uh, in our things here. Get on with it. So, Chris, what should we talk about? Um, I thought you were going to cue me up a bit better than that. I mean, we could, we, I suppose we could probably talk about a game. Uh, was it 14 years in the making? Was it 14 years? League I was game. like, league games, yeah. I was like young and pretty and handsome, and I had a Twitter account all those years ago. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. So, prepared chat. But uh, yeah, it was, um, it's probably best we talk about that. Um, a 1 0 victory over United. I don't know about the other guys, and, and I'll come to them in a second, but uh, I had that, you know, you get that feeling where you just sat there. I think I had it against Leicester as well. Halftime, nil-nil. We're on top, dominating, structurally look good, formation's good, we're working well. And I thought, hmm, yep, this has got Man United penalty 80th minute written all over it. Uh, just have that feeling. So um, you, you'd be very pleased to... Um, we'd be very pleased to, to sort of have the outcome that we did in terms of it being a penalty for us. I've seen a few people say, look at the, the downsides, because of course, you know, Arsenal fans, that's what we've got to do, that the whole, we're still a bit defensive, didn't have shots on targets, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, completely irrelevant to me. The most important thing was going up there and winning. Um, and, and the thing is as well, people have highlighted the fact that it's the first time we've beaten a top six team away from home. 
Uh, I think that's actually a lie. I mean, we've, we've beaten a relegation-threatened side away from home, so that's nice. But uh, but no, in all seriousness, you can only beat what's in front of you. United are a, a weird commodity at the moment. Oli in, Oli out, shake it all about. I, I personally think it's nice to see Oli in. I'd like to see him stay for many years to come. They... They, some, they stumbled across something in midweek which worked in Europe and they thought, ah, we'll do this again. And I think Mikel Arteta once again has, has shown that he's he does his research. Um, there's a, I think there's, a, from what I can gather, a lot of work done on, on the video side of things with the players these days. They do a lot of um, a lot of scouting of, of how teams set up and he knew what United were going were gonna to do. And he played on the fact they had no width. Um, that and the fact we had a monster in our midfield, well, two monsters in our midfield, who completely outshone United's uh, heavily assembled financial package in their midfield, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was it's just a just a real it's a pleasure to to just sort of lean back in your chair afterwards and just go yeah we, we've won a, what we call a big game, and it's been coming I think it has been coming for a while and um, it's important we kick on now, and I know you'll touch on the fixtures later on Danny but it was um, yeah it was really really good really really enjoyable. Uh, I'll throw it to Craig and, and ask your thoughts, Craig. What what did you make of the, of the game in particular? Well, well, starting off, mate, what you said about the nil-nil thing, um, I was one of those. I'm not sure if anyone saw my tweet against Leicester at half-time. I said, everyone put your money on the Jamie Vardy 1-0. And unfortunately, it came to fruition. And no, I didn't back it. I should have done. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, mate. Nil-nil at half-time, totally on top. Missed chances in the first half. Um, you're thinking to yourself, oh, how many more times are we going to miss? Um, and at nil-nil at half-time, I'm with you. Sitting there thinking, you know, this we're going to have all the game again. We'll have all the ball. All You know, we'll, we'll do all the attacking and they'll get a penalty or something in the 89th minute. But it didn't happen. Um, and I have to say, I was very unconfident of getting anything at Old Trafford. Um, so to come away with three points was absolutely brilliant. I think... A special shout has got to go to Mohamed Elneny, um, who was absolutely fantastic um, against Manchester United. Looks like we might have found someone um, to compliment Thomas Party, or does Thomas Party compliment um, Elneny? Who knows? I don't think we'll see that formation again at home, though. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is the formation we should keep to now, and this is the players we should keep on the pitch. Not too sure we'll see that formation against Villa. Um, not sure we'll see the same personnel against Villa either. Um, but going back to the game, yeah, we win it with a penalty. What better way to win at Old Trafford by getting a penalty? Uh, <laughs> it, can't, it, it doesn't get any more perfect than that. I think, like I said, I've touched on El Nenny, brilliant party, brilliant. Um, Rob Holding for me, again, was another player who deserves massive plaudits. He's done absolutely brilliantly. One training session, comes back out after injury um, and comes on, puts Rashford in his pocket and goes home and has a nice cup of tea afterwards. So, yeah, look, beating Manchester United is always good. It's a 14-year hoodoo that I've absolutely hated for 14 years. Every time we play them, I get butterflies in my stomach. I, it's just because I just want to beat them so bad. Um, so, after 14 years, watching us win at Old Trafford, it's great. And, um, look, we've got, to, we, we've got to get on now. I'm sure we'll come, that, we'll come on to that later. We've got, we've got to start putting these points on the board now. Um, in the next few games, I think we've got we've got um, Villa, Villa Wolves, and there's someone else in between that, isn't there? Villa, well, I can't remember. Is there someone in between? But I can't remember. It is. We, you know, we've got, there's no there's no point going up to Manchester and getting the three points, playing really well, and then coming home and, and not doing the business. Leeds, Leeds. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a tough. Yeah. They're, they're three tough games. 
but they're free. I think they're free games we should win. Um, so hopefully we do, and you know, hopefully this is the corner now. Hopefully winning this game, uh, like I say, breaking the hoodoo and getting getting three points at Old Trafford. Um, hopefully, giving them give will instill some more confidence in the players, and, and and they'll kick on from that. But I mean, the way we played was fantastic. I loved it. I I, I loved watching that press. Uh, not one time. I mean, a lot of people were saying to me that it was making them worried. I wasn't worried. Never worried. Never worried. Um, watching them press, uh, and uh, and to watch Party and El Nenny actually go forward when they got the ball, run forward. It was a sight to behold. So hopefully, like I say, we kick on from that. It instills some confidence in the players. And um, we, like I say, we, we, we move on. And hopefully that's the, the the corner we've turned this season now. Yeah, well well said. And um, Carl, I think Craig and I both touched on it, but that midfield area, it was a bit different, wasn't it? I think like the, the, I was listening to um, a couple of other podcasts that have highlighted this as well. And uh, before the game, like the worst place to be when the team is announced is, is Twitter. Something I don't have to worry about anymore, but um, it's uh, it's something it's, it's it's not it's, it's not going to go away. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep referring to it until they listen, bring me back. But um, when the team's announced, everybody's kind of like, oh god, eyebrows raised. Del Nene, like really? That seems a bit defensive. Oh, he's not good enough. He's not this. You get the other people that are more balanced and say, okay, well, I can see why. And then there's just a, a back and forth. So I tend to avoid that anyway. But when you actually watch the game and you saw it kick in and you saw that partnership between him and, and Partey and the thing I really liked that I noticed was it's almost like there's a box between the two centre-halves and the and the two obviously it's a three-man central midfield but there's two centre-halves paired with two midfield players so Partey seemed to pair with Gabriel Holding seemed to pair with El Nene so it's almost like as one defender steps forward the other the other defender steps across and the midfielder drops back in and it's like that constant pressing box and that's what I was really impressed with and of course, that defensive, that that duo, Gabriel and Holding, both books, but both just dealt with everything completely calmly. Like Craig said, pretty much in the pocket. What did you make of that kind of defensive and and midfield area to get that result and and the overall performance from from yourself? I mean, firstly, I, I uh, definitely have to agree with you. I was one of those people who, when I saw the team sheet, I put in our group chat Arsenal's um, style of play this in this game is going to be sideways, sideways, backwards, because that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought with Elneny in the side, that's what was going to happen. I mean, we can only go on past experiences and, you know, unfortunately, Elneny does tend to have a bit of the crab in him, you know, sideways, sideways uh, passing. And, you know, I'm very, very happy to hold my hands up and say, I'm glad I was wrong. I'm, I'm very happy because for me, Elneny came in and, and I think even Manchester United maybe have... Sort of looked at the team and thought, "Oh, we can do this here. Like we kind of can get on top of their midfield." And I don't think they realised just how much of a workhorse El Nenny was going to be, or just how good Thomas Partey was going to be. Because I don't think they, you know, I know every team does scout players, but I don't think they really knew how good he was going to be. I thought they'd be able to pass rings around him. If you look at Man United's midfield, I mean, they went Pogba and Fernandes, who for me, they cannot play together. It's got to be one or the other. And then they played McTominay in the first half on the right-hand side, I believe, and then Fred in the bottom of the diamond, which for me made no sense whatsoever. So, you know, as good as we were, and I think we were very, very good, especially in the first half. I think Manchester United definitely got their tactics wrong. And, you know, we played to that strength because they were so bad. 
you know, we were able to capitalize on that. And like you said, that we were able for Thomas Partey to have this space and he was spraying balls all over the place, which was really, really good. And as much as you saw him do the long passes as well, he was doing the short passes and just the simple things well. Because I always say, once you do the simple short passes well, you know, all the other stuff can go better afterwards. So, you know, the interchange between um, El Nene and Partey and Holding and Gabriel was was really, really good. And it's just good to see that, you know, like I said, uh, Manchester United midfield. I mean, on paper, you look at Paul Pogba, who, you know, let's face it, top five maybe set of midfielders in the world, arguably. arguably. Uh, Fernandes, um, I don't think he is personally. He's a penalty merchant, but we are where we are. Um, but for me, what we did to Man United's midfield, we just totally bypassed them. They um, didn't have a clue, and yeah, they had a ten-minute spell that in this towards the um, beginning of the second half. But it still didn't matter because El Nene literally—I can't believe I'm saying this myself—ran the midfield. He actually did, and I think what El Nene did well—he gave Thomas Partey the space to do what he needed to do. You know, the fact that. Oh, Nenny was, I mean, we'll probably talk about it later, but chasing people down in the 90th minute and making people make mistakes for me is absolutely brilliant. And if you had said to me a week ago, anyone a week ago, to be honest, you know, and then he's going to have like a game of his life on the old Trafford pitch, everyone would have been like, yeah, all right, so cool. But no, I, I, I obviously, like we always say, um, Arteta sees them week in, week in, out, um, day in, day out on the training pitch. So he knows what he's capable, his players are capable of and he gives them a job to do. And as long as they can do it on a training pitch, then do you know what? Like credit to him. So he's the reason why the, he gets paid the big bucks to manage his team. Well said. Yeah, well said, Danny. We, we have to get your thoughts as well. What was your opinion on the, the sort of setup in terms of going forward? Because it, it looked to me like we were kind of in that position where we were, we were going to press the life out of United and, and like Carl said there, we were going to force the mistakes. That was very much what happened with the penalty as well in, in the fact that Bellerin was sort of in, in the first half, he was making very different runs to the second half, if you get what I mean. He was sort of overlapping a lot more in that second half. He seemed to seemed to get down that byline more and it was his his kind of uh, his kind of cut inside that, that forced the Pogba error and, and he knew as soon as he made contact, it was, it was a very clear penalty and Aubameyang ice in his veins I kind of like the way he seems to have changed his penalty technique now he seems to be just putting them in and making sure rather than the the sort of step that was before I'm quite pleased about that but were you happy with how we how we attacked the game and and how the uh how the sort of almost the, the counter-attack but with with a, an effect to it it wasn't just sitting deep and hoping it was very much press the ball high win it and then attack yeah, I do. It's um, you can see the evolution of the Arteta tactics. With uh, more and more players are being brought in, dropped out, brought in, and when they work, he tends to leave them in, which is hopefully what he's going to do with Elneny. Because we all thought that Xhaka was going to start, and we know when Xhaka starts or when um, Kolasinac starts that automatically you're putting little holes in our wall, and we're going to have problems with it. But with Elneny playing there, and he, he's played in more countries than any other player I think we've got in the squad. He's one of the best players for his country. He's solid. He's reliable and he gives 100% every time, which is what we need from our players. And he thinks about what he's going to do. Like Carl was saying, he may do a lot of sideways passing, but he does it properly. Where Xhaka just puts it all over the place. So as soon as I saw Xhaka wasn't in the lineup, I thought, hello, this might, might look good. And then other little things that, that Arteta's doing that we all like. Tyranny playing in the, the left side of a back three is working brilliantly. Holding 
who is a player that everybody said that should be going in the summer, hasn't gone. And he's shown again that he's had another really good game, early booking, which I was a little bit worried about. I've got Gabriel at the back, who is already probably the best defender in, in, in the team. And we've got a spine of Leno, Gabriel, Party, and probably Obama Young. And other players are building around that spine and making that spine stronger. And one of the things that I really like at the moment, as much as I want Pepe to work out, Pepe should not be playing games, important games. Because we've seen on the left-hand side that you've got Saka covering tyranny so when tyranny makes a run Saka will cover him on the right hand side if if holding as we saw against Leicester makes a run Pepe's not going to do anything when when those two play together because he is not defensively aware but people are moaning about William coming in and why have we got William we saw in this game why we got William because because Bellerin will get forward and William will drop back and cover for him and so that's what we've had missing for so many years we used to have the, the, the Lauren and the and the um and Lundberg, and we'd have Cole and Perez, the way one would go and then the other one would cover. And now we've seen with this formation, we may not have in the attacking prowess that we would have with Pepe playing up front, but we do we've, we do have the defensive solidity there with playing Willian and Bellerin. And you see now, Bellerin had a magnificent game. He had a really good game. There's two or three games in a row now where we thought, hold on, everybody wanted him gone in the summer. And now Bellerin's actually playing well because Bellerin can't rely on his pace anymore. He has to rely on other people. So he's got holding coming in the cuff for him. And when he does do that, that inverted wing back, I'm still not sure what that means. So I'm taking that's what he's been doing, where Bellerin will come into midfield a little bit and then Elneny will move back a bit and then Party will go forward a bit. And everybody seems to be working perfectly. And another important thing was that Bumyang didn't get much of the game because he had two players on him for most of the game. And you know that when Man United start to get desperate, they're going to start making mistakes now. When Pogba brought um, Bellerin down, Pogba said after the game, oh, I was running around and I was out of breath. No, you weren't, you fat lump. You were just standing there thinking, I've cost this club £105 million and they're looking at getting rid of me already after they got rid of me on a free transfer before that. Their entire team is an absolute joke. And I think the fact that they beat Red Bull 5, was it 4 or 5 nil in the Champions League midweek? And they're going, oh, we're going to smash Arsenal. Arteta went, I'm not having any of that lot. You watch this put the team and hopefully there's no one in that team I would change at all I would go on a run of the next few games of playing all of that lot as much as I possibly maybe Louise because I do love the way Louise against Leicester he was spraying the ball out from 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 centre back and setting up runs and that lot maybe holding for Louise but that team there that's a that's a joy to look at and they're all working so well like a machine and it was fantastic to see wasn't it yeah, I, I chuckled at, um, you just mentioned Solskjaer. I saw a tweet from someone who said that Solskjaer reminded them of, uh, sat there and had the look on his face of a dog that sees another dog on TV and gets confused. Did you see that? No. You know, like when dogs see other dogs on TV and they just have that look like, huh? Imagine. <laughs> That's what he looked like. It was brilliant. Um, yeah. I mean, the only thing is, is that obviously, um, Gabriel's going to need the rest soon. I, he's played nearly every game, hasn't he? Mm. So at some point, you know, we are going to have a, a defensive partnership of Louise and Holding, or I feel Chambers is now back in full training. So he's probably going to be on the bench in the Europa League game. So, you know, at some point, as good as Gabriel was, and, you know, he's absolutely excellent, he's going to need to have a little rest sooner or later. Yeah, he tests. He won't. I don't think he'll play Thursday, like you said, because Mustafi's been kind of nursed back, hasn't he? And he's probably ready to start a European game now. So I'm guessing he would play. And like you said, with Chambers coming back, Pablo Marie is, I think, two weeks away, um, given you know, full training, probably a month away. And um, Gabriel, 
I mean, if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll get into it. But at the moment, he's not in the Brazil national team, is he? So he'll have 10 days off when everybody jets off and uh, spreads COVID even further around the world in two weeks' time. But he's at that age, isn't he, where you want to play every single game. And he, he looks so, so skilled at what he Crucial. does. Yeah, yeah, he's, 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 so he's got all the skills to do absolutely everything. And you can see after a few games, we're playing out from the back with him. That's yeah. how much they trust him. So I don't know whether he built up that trust in training because it's a little bit weird because straight away to be to be taking all that responsibility. And already it seems to be like when you're getting bullied, go and see Gabby and he'll sort them out for you. And uh, my cat's decided to make a nest on the table. Cheers, Dora. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> He's a, he's a big lad as well. He's, it's a long time since I, I can remember like having or watching an Arsenal team and thinking, yeah, we've got a proper big central defender who who takes charge and, and commands it. Like I, I used to love Koscielny and I love Mertesacker, but they were both quite quite quiet characters and and they went about their jobs, um, you know, as quietly as they could and and did the simple things well. Gabriel is 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 more of a personality. Strikes you as a personality, and if you watch the the sort of the Instagram stuff and, and whatnot. Um, I watch a lot of Instagram now because I'm banned from Twitter. I don't know if I mentioned that. But um, the um, Instagram um, post now where you see like the dressing room things, he seems to have integrated into that. That He's not like just with the Brazilians. He seems to be really integrated within the squad and he seems to be quite a big, quite a big. Um, I wouldn't say leader, but he seems to be a player that, that just takes advice well and, and, and shows it on the pitch. And and again, like you know, you talk about the the fees paid. I mean, we all talk about the money that United paid for Harry Maguire, which frankly now is hilarious. <laughs> Even other deals. I mean, we've paid for Gabriel at twenty six million. We're paying four million a year. We haven't paid anything up front. Four million a year for a player that good is. Um, but they I mean, spent over five years. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's stru- it's structured in a way that they're paying four million a season, which is absolutely nothing. So I mean, it's. It's good, but but the other one is Rob Holding. Um, I want to bring Craig in on this one actually, because like you said, Danny, this was a guy that he's a he's another classic example of the Arteta. If you work hard, I'll give you an opportunity thing. Because he was halfway out the door to Newcastle one minute, and then for whatever reason, you know, training or, or whatever it was, Arteta thought I'll give you a game. And I really like what I'm seeing in Holding because he seems to be elevating his game. And people forget he's despite his hairline, which I know I'm a fine one to talk. He's only 25. He's got his best years way ahead of him. And, you know, I'm not saying he's the next Tony Adams or anything like that, but there's a lot of qualities that remind me of an old-fashioned Arsenal defender. Did you think he, he got sort of lost in the shuffle on Sunday a bit, Craig? Because obviously the praise I, went to the midfield. But. Yeah, absolutely. And he, was a, he, is an uns, he is an unsung hero of the game um, against Manchester United. He absolutely done everything right. He didn't make any mistakes. Uh, and I thought he played really well. Now, I heard on Twitter, I don't know if anyone else saw the tweets, but he was apparently begging. Chris didn't. Oh, Chris didn't. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, but he was begging. Um, we've It's come to, I don't know if it, how it's true, but he was begging to start. You know, Arteta, I think Arteta was was 50-50 on where he was going to start him or not, come back from injuries. He only had one training session, but apparently he begged to start. Now, I want players like that in my team. If, if, he's, in the, if he's knocking on the door of the, of the manager and saying, you know, play me, boss, I, you know, I really want to play. That, that's the kind of players we need and that's the kind of players we want. I think you'll see Rob Holding get better and better the more he plays next to Gabriel. He, this Gabriel lad, like you say, £26 million, how we... We structured that deal for, for 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 what we've done it for. Amazing. The kid has just brought a massive 
sense of calm everywhere, I think. He's, he's brought a sense of calm to me. When I'm watching us defend, I think he's brought a sense of calm to the other players around him. I think he's brought a sense of calm to the goalkeeper. Um, so, for me, I think, look, I, I have to hold my hands up. Five, about five, six weeks ago, he, he played in a game, he had a shocker. I think, it, I'm not too sure what game it was, but and I tweeted, Rob Holding is never going to be good enough for Arsenal. Um, and then he comes out and does this uh, against Manchester United after injury in one training session. But I'm all up for that. I love it when players make me eat humble pie. I'll cram it in. No problem. No fork yum, or spoon yum, yum. Need, yeah. No fork <laughs> or spoon needed. I'll pick it up with my hand and, and, and put it in. But um at twenty five years like we always like even on our podcast, you know, we were saying, Oh, he's twenty five years old, is he gonna make it? Is he gonna I mean that could be for me, that could be his breakthrough game for me. I, I really think he was that good. Um and I, I think he deserves I think he deserves and I think he'll be quite cheesed off if I can use that word um, if he doesn't start against Villa because I think he deserves to start like Dan said I think that back that back line deserves to start against Villa I'm not too sure about Partey and any in midfield at home um, against Aston Villa I think we should we should definitely be going for more like that the way we played against Manchester United is great going away from home you know we could nick a point perhaps nick a win but coming back to the Emirates, like against Leicester, we were so defensive and it was so awful. And again, we got picked off um, by Jamie Vardy um, at the end there, by you know just from us going to sleep. But going back to the original question, Rob Holding for me starts against Villa. Uh, I'd love to see him start against him and him and Gabriel start against Villa. I think um, they'll both get a rest Thursday, I reckon, um, in the Europa League game. Craig, do you think that no player is really bad? Do you think they just don't have the right coach? I mean, you know, we're talking about our previous manager, you know, I don't really want to mention his name very well, but um, he obviously, yeah, that's the one. Um, He obviously just couldn't get the best out of the players that he had. You know, yeah, we had some, you know, one-off good results, you know, the Spurs game and um, I believe it did be made later, but, um, you know, we had some one-off results, but do you think that, in Arteta, someone like Rob Holden has found a coach who will coach him, you know, just like El Nene, he's suddenly become good, you know, this is what you do in this situation. Go here, go here, do this, do that. It's a hard one because, like, the last few games, the last few games, you know, after the games, I'm sitting there and I'm having a go at everyone. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, you're rubbish, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. Now, that's, that's just me being a knee-jerk. I'm quite good at doing that. But... To answer your question, yeah, I think I think you're dead right. I think I mean, look at what look at he's done with El Nenny. I mean, what he's done with El Nenny is unbelievable. It, hopefully, he'll do the same with Holding. What he's doing with Gabriel is obviously working. Hector Bellerin has started to started to play well again. Um, my only, if I've got a worry about that team, um, it is the it is the attack at the moment. I'm afraid it's it's a bad it's a Bamiang on the wing thing with Lacazette in the middle. I, I'm not quite understanding why he keeps playing Aubameyang on the wing. And the interviewer asked him. The interviewer asked him before the Manchester United game. He says that he scores. He does score goals from the wing. Yes, he does. But more times than not, he gets. He, he's not in the game out there on the wing sometimes. And I'd like to see Aubameyang through the middle at home against Villa. I'd like to see what he can do. Or I'd even. I, I, I'd even. Some people might laugh at this, but. I might, if you want to keep Aubameyang on the left 
and you want to keep uh, you want to keep Abamyang on the left. I would give Pepe a go through the middle. I would give Pepe a go at centre forward, take him off the wing, put him in the centre there, and see what he can do. Because for me at the moment, I love the bloke. I love the bloke so much. He's a great player, but Lacazette at the moment needs to find some form, and he needs to find it quick because he's got Nikita banging on the door. You've got Martinelli coming back as well. Oh well, he's not. He won't. He, he won't be back for, for till the arse end of the season if he's back at all but these kids are starting to knock on the door now and if he wants to make if he wants to make his stake for the place he's got to start finding some form from somewhere because I don't think he was terribly good uh, against Leicester Lee Judges disagrees me he thinks Lacazette had a good game against Manchester United all I saw was him giving the ball away miscontrolling the ball um, and not playing very well so I love the bloke I want him to. I want him to really stake a claim now. I just, I just need some confidence. He needs to score a goal, um, and I'm sure well, he's got three already. <laughs> kind of contradicting myself there. I know he's got three, but he's just not. It's just not the Lacazette that we all know. He's just he's like when he got to, when he got taken off. He, he, he put his arms up in the air as if to say, "Why me? Why me?" And I couldn't quite understand that. He had a poor game against Manchester United. I think people might disagree with me, but I think he had a poor game. Um, so I'm looking at Arteta to 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 get him firing again, Kofi. You, you know, and I think he's doing a lot. I think Arteta's doing a lot of good. A lot of people, even other pundits, other managers, are saying about him. You know, um, it, it's good to see. Dan mentioned it. You can see the evolution. It's gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be this year. It might not be the year after. But after the third or fourth year, I think the good times may roll again. Chris. Um, can Craig? Did you say you'd like to see Pepe playing through the middle? Yeah. Chris, did he ever do that when he was playing in the Farmers League? And could he do it? Do you think? You watch your damn mouth, all right? Marseille, Marseille already a goal down tonight. You watch your mouth. Um, no, is the short answer. He, he's he always played as a as a wide forward, but like we've said on this pod and probably other pods have said a few times. He, he had a much more, there's a much different style of play with Lille. He played essentially had he, Jonathan Ikone one side, Pepe the other side, and um, Jonathan Bamba was either through the middle or rotational um, with with Ikone. The the one thing that Pepe would do is he would drift inside. So I sort of see what Craig's point is like. You could easily try him in that position. Um, it, but wouldn't it terrorise defenders? Because I think what Craig is saying, the speed that he's got and the trickery with the ball when he turns people inside out, I, I don't know any strikers that have uh, that could do that. I mean, the goal scorer, but I, he's so tricky. I think he could be the kind of player in the middle to bring a Bamiyang into the game more. Do you know yeah, what I that, mean? Yeah, that, that I would agree with, yeah. I, th- I, think if you, I think if you had... I think if you have three... It depends how you play. If you've got three mobile forwards you can deploy Pepe with the license to go into the centre forward role even if you start him as a wide forward but if you're going to do that you have to play like you mentioned Martinelli his style is is very much the same where he'll drift from left to right to centre you never quite know where he's going to going to start up he might start in a formation on laid out on sky on a right midfield or left midfield but throughout the game he'll switch wings and move into different positions what we're doing at the moment with the Lacazette thing which we might come on to it is we're playing with the with with a <laughs> look at Danny's cat. We're playing with a a striker in 
what I would call what Liverpool do with the Firmino situation, where having him in that position gives Mane and Salah the freedom to to roam where they want and do what they like. The, the problem with us is I don't think we've got the same threat as Mane and Salah. We've got the threat in Aubameyang, who's I'm not I'm not a big fan of XG and all that nonsense, but apparently his XG is something like 0.1 or something ridiculous playing from the right, and it's 0.2 or something playing from the left. But yeah, we have to be honest, his form has been patchy um, since the opening few weeks of the season, and that's not a slight on him. It's just one of those things. Even the best strikers in the world go through those patches where they're just not quite at it. He'll come good again. So I, I do think there's a bit of the element at the moment of us sort of going, oh, well, he's not scoring goals at the moment, so burn it down, get him off the left-hand side, get him through the middle. If he was playing through the middle and still wasn't getting goals, I wonder if we would all be saying the same thing, if you know what I mean. Um, but I do I do agree with you. I, I, I disagree slightly with Danny. Um, I'm, it's not... I don't mind the Willian signing. Uh, I don't even mind the three years thing because I think not only does he he still have quality, but he, he brings a winning mentality. He's won things wherever he's been and, and that's invaluable, even even as a dressing room presence. But what I what I'm not sure about with him is is he does slow us down a little bit in that in that wide area. And that's that's what I like about Pepe. And and all the people that sort of hate on Pepe are all always say the same thing. Oh, well, he hasn't got any end product. Oh, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. It's false. He has got an end product, but he's going to be one of those players that for every brilliant goal he scores like the other night, he's going to fall over his own feet three times a game. Mm. He's going to misplace a few passes. He's a sort of player that you just have to stick out there and say, right, go and enjoy yourself, essentially. Go and play the game you want to play. He's not going to be a player who's going to consistently uh, do everything right game by game. And, and people who saw him at Lille would even say that, yeah, he was brilliant in that season Lille had. But he was very much a player that Lille depended on. He was a big star at that club. But he was part of a fluid three, a fluid front three. And we haven't got that at the moment. We've got sort of a hold-up support striker who is craving to be a number nine, but is, I don't think, fit enough to be that at the moment. And, and he's heavy-legged, and I definitely agree with that on, on Maka. And we're playing with one of the best sort of centre-forwards in Europe, in a wide position, which is fine, but only when he gets supply and only when he gets the, the, the position to come in. And and ironically, I think his his brilliant goals at the start of the season, he's now being marked out of games because every team we play know exactly what we're going to try and do. Slip him in down that left-hand channel, he cuts inside and scores. That'll work against Fulham because Scott Parker's the manager. And, you know, Scott Parker probably knows less, more about football, less about football than I do. But against the big teams, they're going to they're gonna scout that and they're going to mark Aubameyang out of the game. And that's where I would probably have Pepe in the side ahead of a Willian for certain games because he adds that unpredictability. That said, Old Trafford away, probably Willian was the right the right decision to make. But um, I don't know, what you, Carl, what, have you got a thought on it? Have you got a kind of a view on the, the front three? Because like Craig mentioned in Katia as well, and um, we got Balogun got some minutes in the night. I mean, is, is it sort of, do you, do you want to see a bit of a refresh on it? You're on mute, by the way. <laughs> the, the shock realization oh, in Carl's no, face. You know what? I um, <laughs> it was on my headphones. Um, I think Craig hit the nail on the head. I think Lacazette at the moment is is not in his form. He's not the. He's not doing it for us because, like we talked about before we started the podcast, we need to define what Lacazette is there to do. If he's playing as a number nine, play him as a number nine. Don't, and I don't want him coming back trying to tackle the 
deep-laying um, midfielder of the opposite team. I want him up front. I don't want him coming back. The amount of fouls that Lacazette gives away, and that's because he's trying to win the ball back after he loses the ball. And, you know, I, I'm not going to slate Lacazette because, you know, he's scored three goals in three games, so, and, and that's brilliant. But, you know, for every, I think, for every good game Lacazette has, you will guarantee he's going to have two bad games. And I, I just personally don't think we can afford it. You said something as well that sparked my uh, interest, Chris. You said that uh, with Pepe, um, you have to give him the, the 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 free license, basically, to trip up over his feet and do something bad, but you're going to get some sort of end product out of him eventually. And I just don't think that we can afford that because... You know, you could go back, and I don't really want to talk about him, to be honest, but Ozil, you know, Ozil's, you could say that Ozil's a one-trick pony. He can only play as a number 10, and we have to play around Ozil for the team to be good, and we can't do that. We can't afford to have uh, an Ozil in the squad because he's a one-trick pony, and I don't want Lacazette to fall under that sort of, under that spell at the same time. You know, you say, oh, you know what? I've got to play you and play you and play you because... You know, in one in three games, you're going to get a good goal. And I, I just don't think that, you know, this Arsenal squad, we're, we're good enough to let a player like that give him free reign. Um, you're right what you're saying. I think there needs to be a refresh. I think I personally would take, like I said, out the the league squad at least, Um for a little bit, give him League Cup games and give him um, Europa League games because those are the if you want him to boost his confidence, tell him to go and get a couple goals against uh, a Europa League side. And that will definitely do it. Like you said, we've got Balogun coming in, Martinelli coming in, uh, Eddie and Ketia coming in. I do honestly need to see Aubameyang through the middle. Like you said, teams are now marking Aubameyang out of the game. So why would we not change it up and say, okay, if you feel you're going to, um, put two people on the left because it seemed like uh, Man United were doubling up. That's why McTominay was playing on the right-hand side um, because they had McTominay playing on the right, China, Manmark, uh, Lacazette, sorry, not Lacazette, Aubameyang at the game. And then you also had Wan-Bissaka as well doing exactly the same thing. So it seems like they were doubling up on Aubameyang. So why did we not change it and put Aubameyang through the middle? You know, that would have put the cat amongst the pigeons, but you know, unfortunately, we didn't do it. And I'm not saying that Aubameyang is all of a sudden a bad player. He's not. But like Craig said, I'd love to see him through the middle just to see what he could do. Just a couple of games. And then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, when we came on against... Uh, Dan, he was our first Europa League um, opponent. I can't remember. Um, it was Vienna. Yeah, Vienna. Vienna. Yeah, he came on and he changed the game straight away because he played through the middle and he just... It's almost, it's almost like when he comes to the pitch and plays in the middle, teams get scared, and that's what we need because he's got the rapid pace and he's a very good finisher. We need that. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not slating like I said in the slightest. I, I truly am not. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not either. Sorry to cut across. There's a few people in the comments there saying I'm blaming Lacazette. I'm not blaming Lacazette for for anything. I just want Lacazette to find some to find some form, and. Going back to Cole's earlier question about is Arteta the man to coach? I, I trust Arteta to get it right, but he's just got to find. He's he's got to. It's going to come right, and I know he'll find a solution because he's done it with the with the defense. At the end of the day, 
we sit one point we sit one point off the top four. We've played Man City away, Liverpool away, Man United away, and we've got the best defensive league in the rec- we've got the best defensive record in the league. Um, so to say that we haven't improved, to say we haven't improved on the whole, you know, is is nonsense because I still people still hear people on particular YouTube channels saying that we haven't improved and it's all a load of rubbish and we've all been we've all been conned and all this with Mikel Arteta, but he will get it right, and when he gets it right. I think yeah, I just hope he gets it right sooner, sooner or later. Because I don't want to see Lacazette. I don't want to see Lacazette fall by the wayside. Because, like I say, I love him. He's he's been a great player for us and uh, over the years. And I just want him to find some form. And I trust that Arteta will 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 find the right system that will make him find some form. I think like um, George Graham used to say. What's that? Um, George Graham used to say. You, you, when you get a new team, you sort out the defence and then yeah. you work forward. And that seems to be what we've done, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I I think, hand on heart, like as much as I, I love Lacazette, and I do, and, and I, I will do until my dying day, but I, I think in the long-term future under Arteta, I don't think Lacazette will be our centre-forward in the long term. I just don't. I think there's a good chance that we'll... Um, push forward the the option of uh, of Saint Edward at Celtic. I, I feel like they're they're quite keen on that type of player. I wonder, like, if you imagine this team now with a Nicholas Anelka as a number nine, we would score bucket loads of goals because he's that because he's so he's so mobile. But for all his faults, and there were many, he was the sort of player that would he pull defenders out of position, but he'd also open open channels for other players and and he he was a hard working centre forward and that that went by the wayside a lot of times you know because he was a bit moody and a bit sulky but he was a workhorse and when he was at his pomp sort of in that I think it's the 99-2000 season like the first season where he essentially been given the shirt from right and, and was given the faith and the trust to to lead our line he he brought that team with him um, and him and Dennis were were brilliant and I, I do wonder about whether there's a potential uh, twist in the formation again, like we said, we played the four-three-three yesterday. I actually think there's a possibility that we might even adapt into a bit of a four-four-two in certain games, or a four-two-two-two. I think they call it in the modern day, where you've almost got Alba and Lacazette playing closer together. Because I thought we got a glimpse of that on Sunday a bit, because it felt to me like like Aubameyang actually wasn't playing wide left on on uh, Sunday. It felt to me like he was sort of playing. So kind of inside left, but he was drifting and he was he was central at times and he was linking up with Lacazette. And I think uh, War of Mankind put it really well in, in the chat and he said, um, it's not all Lacazette's fault. Arsenal barely make chances. I think that's a really good point. We are very much a team at the moment that's struggling to find. It's almost like we've got that defensive solidity now in Gabriel. Partey has clearly uh, not completed the midfield, but he's clearly the midfielder we've been looking for probably since Gilberto at, at this stage. And I feel like the next stage is, is let's find what works up front. And we have chopped and changed it so many times. And on another day, if Lindelof doesn't get a, a toe on the end of that that cross that Lacazette um, sort of uh, took a fresh air shot and, you know, it looked bad in time, but you saw that was actually really good defending. I think he lashes that into the net. And that's the sort of goal that he got for Leon. And yes, he did get goals from outside the box. And yes, he did get goals in transition at Leon. But the majority of his goals that, that we signed him for was to be almost what Nketiah has, has now become, that that sort of 12 to 18-yard poacher and the guy arriving on the end of a cross, on the end of a cutback, on the end of a, a flowing move to, to sort of knock it in at the back post, a, a poacher striker. 
whereas what he's now become is a Roberto Firmino set up kind of deep lying, sometimes nine, sometimes 10, sometimes 11, not really sure where. And, and, I, and I feel like that's the reason why he's coming off so much because he's putting in so much work. He's quite a heavy set centre forward. That's not really his, his style of play is, is to be explosive at certain moments in games. For Leon, he would be out of a game for long periods. And before you knew it, he'd score two goals and the game was over. Which I think a little bit, a little bit like Wrighty was in his pump. You know, he, he could be quiet for games, but he would win you a game in, in a heartbeat. We're not really playing that style of football, and we're not creating the sort of chances that that Lacco is is going to take. He's he's almost part of the creation to set up a, a chance for us to score. So I, I kind of feel like. Mikel will get there, and and yeah, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and and deny that that I don't have concerns about some of the way Laka plays because I do feel like we are we're stifling him a bit, and 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 I, I worry that we might burn him out a bit as well. Um, because much as I love Eddie and Ketia, I wouldn't like us going into the half second half of the season with just him and and Alba. But I do think that when when Martinelli is is fit, and we can't rush him, of course, he's still a way away. But I think when he comes back, and potentially where we look to uh, you know, I think the creative number 10 is clearly the priority on the transfer list, but maybe next summer is the season where we decide to to, to invest in a, a speedy striker and that's when the, the transition's complete. But like Craig, I mean I, I don't I don't have any worries about lack of I just think that we need to we need to make up our minds how we're gonna play him. Yeah, exactly. Danny, what would you do with our attack? Like if you know some for strange reason, Mikhail Teta got your phone number and said, Daniel, I want to know what to do. What would you do? First of all, I'd say only Carl is allowed to call me Daniel. Other than that, I do not respond. Uh, Josh tries it, but I mug him off. Um, Owen's got the, a point here. I think we have the answer. That's from the wonderful Goon Crack podcast. Uh, don't ever get him to say it because you will never be able to spell it. C-R-A-I-C, along with uh, another really good new podcast is not another Arsenal podcast. They're, um, they've, they've got all of our friends on there, and so they're good. But don't go and watch the uh, the Gooners in the USA. Scumbags, pair of them. Both voted Trump, they told me secretly. Uh, yeah, I think the answer is Martinelli. Uh, I do like Eduardo. Come on, Craig. Is anyone not worried that Arteta never played Martinelli? Hmm. I, don't, I don't think Arteta fancies him. I did wonder about that. I said this on a previous show. I might have, I might have said it on um, the Gooner Crack podcast that... That it was weird because when we bought him, the excuse was he's just finished the Brazilian season, mm-hmm. and then it was he needs a break, and then it was well, hold on, he's not like like, like with Saka, he didn't play Saka too, he didn't play Saka in the FA yeah. Cup final. So what? Well, I don't think, think about he that? fancies. I don't think he fancies it. I don't think he fancies. Yeah, I don't think he fancied Martinelli in our setup when he was available. I think in agree? the new setup, I think he will. Okay. Okay, I hope so. That it just worries me that he didn't really. He did, I, I, there was a few games there where you'd think, well, why is Martinelli playing there now? He should be playing tonight, really. And he, ne- he, you know, he never started him. So I would be a little bit concerned um, that he don't fancy him. But I hope you're right, Chris, that he brings him back in this new setup and and you know get that player in the middle there that we want Lacazette to be. Um, Do you think if when he comes back, you're you're likely to see? A Martellini on the left and a Bamiang in the middle, and then maybe interchange with Saka. So maybe even Martellini on the right, uh, Saka on the left, and a Bamiang in the middle. I think I think he'd be mad not to play him through the middle. 
I know I've contradicted myself again. I want to see Aubameyang in the middle. But if you're talking about Martinelli coming back with Aubameyang on the left, Pepe on the right, I think that's the only way you can go, really. Martinelli's got to play down the middle. Josh, Josh made a, a good point um, in the chat. And, you know, oh, don't I never, never like to give Josh any credit. Man's a fraud. Um, only checking, Josh. Love you, really. Ginger's rule. Um, but, yeah, he made a good point. The, the one thing that Aubameyang doesn't really have have which i think a lot of people kind of quietly just brush under the carpet he's not a skiller he's not a guy who's going to beat three men with a trick and like you know race away he's um no he he's a counter-attacking dream and he's a guy with pace well there's a newsflash here he's 31 and although he's he's done i think he's 31 i hope he's 31 i've said that i think he is um his pace is is not going to stay forever and his game will slightly it will slightly change. So, playing, thank God for that. He is um, <laughs> until he's thirty. <laughs> until he's thirty, that's how it works. But he, um, I, I, I don't get it wrong. I, I'd like to see him through the middle in certain games. I, I kind of, in a weird way, I kind of like the fact that none of us really know game to game what what Mikel's going to do because that says to me that other opposition managers don't know that either. The the only slight concern is if we do decide to play him through the middle, say against Villa, and he scores a hat trick, then there'll be the clamour to play him there every week, and that's that's a sort of small problem. But I, I kind of um, I, I do think we have to be a little bit careful about how much pressure we put on Aubameyang because if he's if Lacazette is getting through the dirty work and 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 setting up and being part of the the link play that gets us goals from midfield, which we haven't had for a long time, that's got to be a bonus. It, it, otherwise, if we just say right Aubameyang through the middle is all of our play just going to be forced through the middle then? And are we going to bypass an already quite narrow team and not use the wings at all? So that's my only slight concern. And I just Good feel point. that he's, you know, he he's he's played... It's not like he's a novice at playing wide. He, he played wide for Sinesi. Not novice. But he has played wide. And, and you don't hear, you never hear about him complaining about it. You know, I'm sure part of him would, would like to play through the middle, but... As long as he's scoring goals, I don't think he cares. And the, the one thing about him is you. the last few weeks it's been written on his face that he's been a bit frustrated because he hasn't been scoring goals. That's because he's an elite centre-forward and he wants goals. And that's why I think he celebra- you know, celebrates a penalty because he just wants to be in and, in and amongst the goals. So I think as long as those goals are flowing, I don't think he'll care if he's playing at left-back, to be honest. So I, I kind of like the idea that we're a little bit unpredictable now. And we brought up Saka. I mean, where's his best position? I couldn't tell you at the moment because I like him in three different positions. Same here. So, um, you know, we can uh, that with Martinelli as well. But but Carl was asking, what would I do? I I don't think we'd buy anyone. I like Eduardo, but I'm a Celtic follower, and uh, I don't think we need to spend any more money. I think what the, what is going to happen is you know like Arba can play in any one of the front three positions. Martinelli's going to be a little bit like that. So I think maybe now when um, Aubameyang's getting a little bit older, like you were saying, Chris, a little bit possibly a little bit slower. We'll get rid of Lacazette because plenty of clubs out there will want a player of, of proven goal-scoring uh, ability. He's coming to the end of his contract. Maybe Lacazette will go. Alba is here for the long term. He signed the new contract. He wouldn't have signed that if he wanted to leave. And maybe play an Alba through the middle and then he can rely more on his ability to score goals. Like Also, like you were saying, Chris, he hasn't got the tricks. And then we'll have two players, one maybe Pepe on the right, Martinelli on the left, supporting him because uh, then we'll have those front three all doing their best things. I mean, I'd love... I mean. I made the point before the show, Lacazette scored three goals in his first three Premier League games and was dropped. Lacazette does look occasionally like a player who might have confidence issues. I mean, any player, you do that and you think, hold on, 
Why are you dropping me? I've scored three in three. And then he's in the Europa League games. I, I personally, I wouldn't have done that. Lacazette was an offside goal and a wrong offside goal away from having four goals in his first four Premier League games. There's nothing wrong with Lacazette. He was inches away from scoring goals. It's just unlucky at the moment that we've got Young not scoring and we've got Lacazette not scoring. How often does that happen when you've got two magnificent strikes like that, both not scoring? So and then you're going to look at them and go, well, we're going to have to pick holes in one of them. There's always a weak point in the team. No one's moaning about Bellerin anymore, are they? We've always got Arsenal, scumbag Arsenal fans, always want um, a scapegoat. And at the moment, that's Lacazette. And if you're watching Laka, we're not scapegoating you. You're a quality player. You carry on doing what you do. It will come good. It's just a matter of time. Like you were saying, Craig, we've played those three, three of the toughest away games of the season we've played in our first seven league games. Mm. Exactly. Mm. I'm not a scumbag, by the way. <laughs> no, are you, are we and Chris agree with you. Well, we're all either, either all of us are scumbags. The one thing we'll say to draw a line under this is at least we don't have a centre forward who seems to think backing into other players and endangering their safety while they're in the air is an acceptable way of winning a penalty. Repeatedly, I would say how to get away with that, but we know how. When is someone going to call him out on it? Like, well, of course they won't because, of course, he's right. English, isn't he? How silly of me. That, that's a very silly thing to say. But he, he's he's going to injure someone. Like, it's, it's, oh, it fucking boils my brain. And the bloody other little cheating scumbag as well. But anyway, that's them. We'll leave them in, in the in the bin where they belong. But, um, yes, uh, Danny, you wanted to move us along in terms of topics, I believe. What other topics did I have in my list of topics? I've been collating all the questions. So we've done that. We've done that. That the uh... Yeah, when are people going to stop talk, um, Carl? When are people going to stop saying that every decent result that Arteta has is, oh, it's a one-off. It was a one-off with the FA Cup final, beating Liverpool at home in the league, beating Man City in the FA Cup, beating Chelsea in the FA Cup final, beating Liverpool in the Charity Shield. Um, going away and, and only losing by one goal at Man City, going away and beating Man United for the first time in the league for 16 years. When are they going to stop saying, oh, there's a one-off? People are fickle. Arsenal fans um, Arsenal fans are one of the most fickle bunch in the world. You know, we we want perfection. We want we want everything in the world. And we want it instantaneously, unfortunately. Um, Mikel Arteta... And says this line all the time: trust the process, and you got to, you got to give him time. Um, he's been given money. He's, you know, he's working with what he's got. We can't. We're not gonna. We can't go from eighth to be challenging for the title. That's impossible. It's not gonna happen. Um, do I think we're good enough to challenge for the title? No. Will Mika Arteta make mistakes? Yes. But is he doing a good job? Yes, he is. We're always going to moan about the odd results here and there. We are. I had the biggest moan about the Leicester game because I thought he just got it wrong. You know, I was I was fuming about the Leicester game, as was probably everyone here. But, you know, I, I still don't believe that he knows his best team. But you can't fault a guy who, in, his, in half a season that he's been our manager, won a trophy. You know, in, in half a season, he, he beat... You know the league champions, who's won, who's won the league by what twenty point nineteen points was it? He's beaten Man City, arguably. So he's beaten arguably the two best teams in English football. 
you know, you, you have to give the guy time. You, we're not going to be able to go from finishing eighth in the league to be challenging right up there for the season. I mean, if you look at the top of the, the Premier League tables, it's, it's a mess. No one is a clear favourite at the moment. You know, teams are starting to come into their own and, and so are we. You know, we've got a, a run of games at the moment coming up and, you know, like Craig said, they're all winnable games. Aston Villa at home is a winnable is a winnable game. Leads away. Leads away worries me, but it's winnable. Wolves at home is a winnable game. And then we've got the scum away, which, you know, that's going to be a, an extremely good game. And that, honestly, that will be the test. That will be the test to see where we are. You know, when we go to be, when we go to play Tottenham away, it will be a test. And even if we lose that game, and I'm a good, God forbid we do. But even if we do, you know, even after that, the, our run of games are still. We've got Burnley and then Southampton, which are winnable games. We have to not be so knee jerk, and that's including myself. I'll be very honest with you. You know, we, no team is gonna not lose a, a whole uh, a, a game in the league. Only Arsenal can do that. But do you know what I mean? Like it, it's gonna happen. Team, we're gonna lose games. I mean, could you imagine if Mikel Arteta had lost eight two to um, Aston Villa? Flipping hell! The, We'd still be talking about that now on Twitter, but you know, Liverpool lose 8 2, and it's just like they know it's a one off and they keep on moving. We need to, as Arsenal fans, not need to be so knee jerk. Just, you know what, chalk it up to the game. No one is invincible apart from Arsenal. We're never going to be that again, unfortunately. No other team is going to be that again. We have to trust Mikel Arteta's process. We have to put faith in him. And the Man United game for me is. It's straight up there. You know, everyone saw that team and thought, what the hell was going on here? And look at the masterclass that uh, he he pulled off. Yes, it wasn't a very good Manchester United team, but we still went away to a league rival and we won. So I think you have to give you have to give him time. I think, yeah, exactly. Carl, in... Sorry. Uh, I don't want to compare Klopp to Arteta because there's no comparison, right? But I want to compare the situation. Klopp came into a team. The team he had at Liverpool was absolute rubbish. Balotelli, uh, Sacco in the, in the middle. The, the list is endless. He came in and he put his stamp on the team. Arteta's doing the same thing now. You can see it. He's start, starting slowly to clear out the players who have been here who have been playing for Arsenal and know that they're not going to not going to get dropped because they've got no one else challenging for their positions. Now we're seeing a bit of challenge for positions. The players are getting switched around a bit. No one we're not playing those same 11 players week in week out. Now, Jurgen Klopp came to Liverpool and has turned them into European champions and Premier League winners. But he didn't do it in 6 months. He done it in took him 4 years to, it took him 4 years to get a song out of out of his team and to become Premier League champions and European champions, people people who are sitting there actually wanting Mikel Arteta to be sacked. I have no idea what goes on in their heads. I've seen things on Twitter. Oh, Arteta's got to go. This, that, and the other. He's not the he's not the man we all thought he was going to be. He's Pep's cone man. This, that, and the other. Now, not bad for a cone man. Best defensive record in the Premier League after playing, I'll say it again, after playing Manchester City, Manchester United and Liverpool away. Best defensive record in the Premier League. It's not going to be a six-month job. It's not going to be a 12-month job. We will see where this team is in about three years' time, I reckon. 
and I, like I said before at the start of it, I believe the good times will roll again at this club. Um, but it's, you've got, a, you have got to trust him. There's no point in bringing him in, giving him a year, and then going, actually, now you're a load of rubbish. Get out and, and bring in someone else. Mikhail Arteta is an Arsenal. First of all, he's been captain of this club. He knows Arsenal inside out. He loves the club. That's what I wanted in the manager. We've got him now, so please just lay off him. And like Cole said, stop the knee jerking. I'm guilty of it because I know a lot of you know some people follow me on Twitter that are in the chat there. I am guilty of it, but that's just emotion coming from me at a full time whistle. I probably don't even mean half the half the stuff I tweet. But we've got to stop this knee jerk reaction after every defeat or after every draw or or this that and the other. Just let him do what he's got to do. It's going to take time. Give him a chance. I'll have to um, I'll have to follow you on on Twitter at some point. Oh no, wait, no, I can't do that. Um, Josh wanted to make a point about uh, the Gabriel Martinelli myth, which I just want to highlight quickly because he's um, put some stats in our group, and and it is somewhat surprising in that the idea that he didn't play under Arteta. Um, if you look at the stats, he actually played considerable amount of games. Um, I think it's one of those that maybe he didn't play in games we expected him to play, so it's kind of tarnished our minds a bit. I thought the same, I must admit. But looking at these stats here, he was involved in quite a lot of the big games, including both the Olympiacos games. Um, so, yeah, may maybe that's uh, one of those things that we probably sort of thought at the time that he wasn't involved as much as he, he should have been, maybe. I don't know. It's an interesting one. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. And, and like you said, Craig, I think we've got a, this whole trust the process thing and um, it, it will be... It will be it will it'll be weird to sort of see what happens when fans come back. Not that I think that's something we have to worry about. Certainly this season, full stop. I don't think it's going to be a while yet. But it will be interesting to see what the vocal majority are because you get such a polarizing opinion on social media. You know the the fours and against, and and pe we often forget not everyone's on social media, and it's it's the people that are in the ground a lot of the time is is what gives you the really sort of clearest cut. Um, I would think thoughts, yeah. you know. I would think 99.8% of the fans will be behind him. Um, yeah, people with a brain, you, Yeah, I can't see why you wouldn't be. Um, I just want to go to, there's a point here, Dan, um, from Neil. Uh, he said there that Liverpool have had, Liverpool had, the best, had good recruitment over the three or four years that he was there. I want to make the point. Can you imagine if we signed a left-back from Hull City? Could you imagine the meltdown if we signed a left-back from Hull City? Jurgen Klopp, or could you have the meltdown if we had to sign Sadio Mane? Oh, who's he? Southampton player. Oh, we don't want Southampton players. We don't want whole city players. Look what he's done with them two players. Turned them into, <laughs> turned them into world beaters. You've got, like, this thing with this thing with Mohamed Elneny now. If he goes on and keeps playing like he is, and I said at the start, I don't think you'll see him in the home games, but if Arteta chooses to keep playing him in the home games and he keeps doing what he's doing, then leave him now. Don't start moaning about, oh, no, oh Nenny, he only cost four million. Oh, I don't want him in the team. He only cost four mil. Ah, oh, get him out. Do you know? Oh, I'll tear like... out. He don't know what he's doing. Like, you know, it's just, why can't, why can't for once we have a manager that's putting square pegs into square holes and, and everyone's still not happy? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, a chap called uh, Arsene once said, I'm sorry, he didn't cost 50 million or whatever. That's it was right, about Rob, Rob Holden. Holden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the generation we live in, Craig. That's the truth. I mean, you're a similar age to me. Like, I, I still remember the days where 
you couldn't you couldn't watch European football even if you wanted to, and the only information you could get was on CFAX. That that yeah. was how you got your information about players. Nowadays, five minutes of YouTube on the bus home on your smartphone, and suddenly you know everything about the Spanish league or whoever you're signing next. And that's as a little bit of a you know hipster is a bit of a, a, a you know a, a joke phrase, but it always grips me when people will say to me, "Oh, well, you know." I'm judging this player and I think he's shit because he's only played in France or he's only played in Iceland or he's only, it's like, yeah, but have you, have you actually seen him? Have you actually, done, have you actually take the time to research this player? And, and that's the same with El Nene, the amount of people that just think, oh, he's a water carrier. And yeah, maybe so, but he carries that water very well. And anyone that did any research will know he was one of Besiktas's best players the entire, uh, entirety of last season. And, and, and again, Arteta's no mug. And if he thought the Turkish league was crap and he thought El Nene was just uh yeah, big fish in a small pond, he would have been shipped. But he wasn't. He kept him because he came back to training with Arsenal, you know, the club who owns him. And he went, actually, no, you're good enough. You're going to stick around. So, Maybe I mean, that's and that's... Terraria as well. Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, I, I, I think Terraria is a different kettle of fish because I don't think his style really suited the Premier League, if I'm honest. I just, and it wasn't the fact he's too small... I just don't think our, our style of play is going to suit what he's good at, and I think he'll be he'll be he'll be good in Spain. I think it will suit him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Anane has come back, and you know, as long, as long as he's performing, and and I like I like the fact that this squad has now got genuine options. You know, most people know my thoughts on Jacker. I, I, I don't dislike the bloke. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but I think he's very limited. And I like the fact that now we can legitimately put together four different combination of central midfield twos, threes, or even fives that we've got genuinely different options now. And the idea that we could, with the game's not going our way. Okay. We need a passer. We'll put Sabios in. Okay. We're, we're three, one up. We need to close this game out. Right. We've been, we bring on El Nene because he hasn't started the game. Okay. We need to go with a, a, a flu, a fluent sort of, um, what's the word? Technical midfield with pace, right? We'll put Maitland Niles in on one side. We'll put Saka in on the other side and, and we'll put, but three technical players in the middle. I like that. It's been a long time since we've actually had genuine squad depth and op- options. So I think yeah, I think, I think that's what all... a lot of people. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand, Chris. As well, we everything you've just said there, absolutely bang on. We haven't had this for so many years. We've been we've been watching a side. I've always said it. We've been watching a side where the first eleven had no challenge for their positions. And I think yep. that is a lot to do with the way we, we, we fell from grace. You can blame you can blame Emery, you can blame Wenger, you can blame whoever you want. But the simple fact was we didn't have the players challenging for the positions that we needed to the positions to be challenged in. And they got complacent. And this is where we find ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Dan. Someone's put something in the chat that I highlighted. Uh, they were asking about uh, Gwendouzi. Um, oh, it's Callum. He's only yeah. played one game for it's Hertha Berlin, is that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we can't really judge him on that. <laughs> do you think he can do an on any go away, get better, and come back? Because that Turkish league, you don't fuck around in that Turkish league, they will break you. <laughs> so that would have made yeah. um, I mean, I'm a Trabs on fan. Thank you very much, Kevin Campbell who are having a nightmare at the moment. And they've got, <laughs> is it Benicophobi up front? And they've got um, Frank Sinclair, as, I think it's Frank Sinclair as manager. I know yeah, it's an ex-Chelsea player. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, a Sturridge Dean Sturridge played for them as well. Yeah, they let him go. Uh, oh, did Daniel, they? Yeah, he did. And now he's a free agent, isn't he, I think? Yeah. I think yeah. He's a free agent. Yeah. 
I think the thing about Guendouzi, I think it was more of an attitude thing. I think mm. after that yeah. Brighton game, I think that definitely, and the fact that he refused to apologise, I think that was the, the teenage petulance in him. And I, I believe what, you know, things may have got set behind closed doors. There's no doubt that Arteta would have said to him, you know, there would have been discussions had, and I'm, you know, we, we're not privy to these conversations, but I, I can almost guarantee that, you know, it was say ap- apologize, and when DC said no, and it was like cool because you didn't see him again after that, which I can understand. And obviously, you know, things would have gone on throughout sort of the summer or um, the four week that they had off, and clearly things relationships never got um, got any better. So it was okay, okay, go away for a season, go and um, you know, see if you can improve your game and also improve your attitude and see what happens when you come back. You know, for me, Gwenditi didn't offer much, but he did offer something to the to the squad. And I hope that when he comes back, he can, you know, try and force his way into the squad. But I do think it's not even ability with uh, Gwenditi. I genuinely do think his attitude. And I think, you know, he's young, he's 19, but he does need to grow up. And I think he needs, as soon as he changes attitude and realises that, just because you're a good footballer doesn't mean that you can be a prick, basically. So once that I, sort of is done, I think you should be okay. I agree with that. Yeah, I think I was spot on. I got, I got, I did get a little bit protective of my little French floppy head buddy um, because a lot of people were talking a lot of shit on on Twitter. Remember those days? Um, yeah, a lot of people were talking a lot of nonsense, you know. Oh, well, he's, he wasn't any good anyway. Oh, he's shit. And, and it's, it's the classic, again, lazy Arsenal fan view. As soon as a player leaves us, well, he was shit anyway. No, he wasn't. He wasn't shit. He's a very talented, very, very gifted young man who's got a very high opinion of himself and a massively inflated, inflated ego that needs dropping down a peg or two. Simple yeah, as that. Absolutely. And I think... Yeah. And I think that I think I genuinely think if Mikel Arteta hadn't have had so much to do this summer, he'd probably still be in our squad this season. But I think the fact that he's had to deal with the Urzel situation, he's had to deal with getting players out, he's had to deal with trying to get players in, rebuild a squad in a summer, throw in a pandemic, etc. He had so much to deal with. It was a case of look, can we get this player playing time if we ship him out on loan? Yep, let's see how he gets on there, and we'll 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 revisit this one in 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 uh, in the summer of next year. He's gone to Hertha Berlin. He's going to be playing under a coach in, in Bruno Labbadia, who's he's, he's not a bad coach, to be fair, and, and Hertha are very much work in progress, but he's certainly not a coach who's going to fuck around. He came on because he's had a, he had a positive test, so he's only just made his debut at the weekend. He came on for Lucas Tussar in, in their draw with Wolfsburg and um, and played very well. And, and, and you know, to me, is he's, uh, again, people have to remember, he's, what, 2021? 20, he's got a big future ahead. And it's all right us saying, oh, he's shit, he's this, he's that. He's not only is he actually very talented, he's also potentially a very sellable asset if it doesn't work out. So, you know, it's in our best interest to get a good season out of him at Hertha and, and hopefully bring him back. And if there isn't a space for him to fill in that midfield, we sell him on. But Christ, who knows where our midfield will be next season? You know, Xhaka isn't getting any younger. Um, Sabios is still on loan, which people forget. You know, we, we might actually need him in a year's time. And, and if he goes away and, and knuckles down and proves that he's he's worth it, Arteta will give him a chance. If he comes back and still thinks that he's the dog's bollocks, he won't. And, and he'll be he'll be another Adrian Rabio, you know, maybe not as successful as Rabio, but he'll he'll drift into obscurity and, and that talent will go to waste. But mm. the idea that because we shipped him out on loan, he was never good of, good good enough for us in the first place, 
go back and watch the Aston Villa game is all I'd say. And just remember that there is a player in there, but he's a player with an immense ego that needs to be uh, knocked down a peg or two, which hopefully will happen in Germany. I don't about Gwendouzi going to Berlin. My worry is about him not getting better. But is he? I I hope he matures. And if he matures yeah, and he and he comes back um, with a season under his belt in Germany and he comes back matured, yeah, we've got a we've got a player on our hands. I mean, I I, I was in Dublin um, when Arsenal played Chelsea. I mean, this was going back a couple of years ago, but it was one of his first games for us. And me and Lee. Uh, after the game, were saying, "God, how good was he? This kid, where's he come from? Do you know, mm. with the big hair and you know, young baby face in the middle." There, oh, who's this kid? Jesus, the way he was knocking the ball about that night, we were really impressed with him. Um, mm. And I, I've, I've, I've got his back. I think you're dead right, mate. If he goes away and matures in Germany and comes back, we've got a hell of a player on our hands. Hell of a player. Yeah. Can I just no say one... one more thing? Can I just say yeah. one more thing? Cole, that darker grey looks better, mate. Ah, you see the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one, um, no one cares about a player with an ego when they're performing, and the minute they're not, suddenly yeah. everyone cares. See Paul exactly. Pogba when he's on form. No one cares about his haircut. No one cares about his boots. No one cares about his one arm sleeve. They all love him. As mm. soon as he's not performing, oh, he's overrated. He's worth this. He's worth that. He's shit. He's this. Yeah, it's just it's just short termism from from some of our fans, unfortunately. Chris, before we go to questions yep. with Carl, I've DM'd you them, Carl. Gwendoza's contract ends in the end of um, June next summer. Will he leave on a free, or will he sign? Will we get him to sign a new contract and come back? Because it's been uh, three years already. You've got thirty seconds to answer that. <laughs> I'd be surprised if there wasn't a clause in his contract for a year's extension. Mm. I mean, that's what they're doing now. So I'd be, even if it's just a year extension so that we can sell him, but I would, uh, I wouldn't want to see him walk away from this club for free. I think, um, like Chris said, he's a sellable asset and he's, we can get some money for him. Um, So him walking away for free doesn't, I don't think that's an option, not at all. No, I mean we've seen, we've already seen, if the rumours are true, some of the clubs that have been in, that came in for him, um, you know, or shown an interest in him, um, whether it's true or not, who knows? But I, I genuinely believe that next year we'll see him back in the, we'll see him back in the squad. I really do. I, I hope that Arteta sat him down, put an arm around him, and said, "Look, you're a good player. You're, you're still young." You've still got a future here at Arsenal. I want you to go away for a year. Go and learn some more about your trade. Go away, grow up, mature, and we'll see you in a year's time. You know, I, I hope that's what you said to him. Um, and I hope to see him back in the squad. Because I, I, I agree with Chris. There's a definite player in there. Absolutely. Hopefully. He does. He's a, he's a confidence player. But always full of confidence, no matter the situation. Neil says that his contract doesn't end in June 2021. But Transfer Market says it does. Tweet them. Tell them they're wrong. Oh, here I we think, go. Okay, man says he signed a contract until 2023. 2023. That, that's, yeah, that was my understanding. Yeah, 2023. Transfer market scumbags. A bold near Google. And, right. oh, and we signed Mavropanos to a new deal as well, didn't we, before we sent him off on loan. So we're, we're right. yeah. at least protecting the assets in the future. So that's something. Carl, do you he want to do very highly of you. Does he? Oh, I love him then. No. He's <laughs> <a great. laughs> Carl, questions? 
Right, these are from uh, Twitter. Obviously, sorry, Chris, you didn't get to see these. Um, so I'll come to you first. Uh, this is from Matt it's L. Up. Roberts. And They're not all from Twitter. <laughs> There's one from Periscope and some from YouTube as well. Oh, don't fucking ruin it. I'm allowed on those. Oh, of course, because Chris wouldn't know. Sorry, Carl, I've got you. For now. Say no more. So right, we're working on getting to Chris banned from YouTube and yeah. Periscope and all the rest of them. Um, so where was that? It'll be done in a day. Uh, Matt Roberts says to you, Chris, um, are we going to see much of Reese and William Saliba in the Europa League games? Uh, Chris Watts mentioned Saliba is in the Europa League squad. So do you think that William Saliba may get a game tomorrow? Uh, sorry, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do actually. I, I've uh, I've had a, I've had a mole. I've had a mole in 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 the uh, in the what do you call it behind the I hedges, think... shall we say? Can you on your telly on, yeah. Chris? Uh, yes, I have. Yes, can you hear it? Can you? I'm oh, sorry. I thought I'd turn yeah. it down. Do you want us to yeah. shut up while we listen to telly with me? You're like one of them annoying Real people Real. that sings along to songs. We're more important. Get on with it. Real Madrid into anyway. Um. Yeah, I've got a um. A little, a little inside source that that has said that, that since the whole thing that that obviously Saliba went through a bit of a tough time, um, you know, with the, with the family loss and and a few things sort of came to came to pass in his life that, that didn't help his his settling in period. Apparently, since that that has happened, he's been training really, really well, um, and is and is a lot more involved and is feels a lot more part of the group. And by all accounts, since the sort of information got leaked and and may i say as well a lot of that the way it was was reported in the press was totally un, un, unfair and some of the questioning for arteta about it was completely unfair um you know it's a personal thing to him it's a personal bereavement it should have been left there um i thought some of the reporting on that was horrendous but still it sounds like the squad have rallied and have got behind him and, and have helped him acclimatize and, and adjust and, and by all accounts this week in particular he's trained really really well so i i wouldn't be surprised to see him and like Carl was saying earlier on we you know we need to give Gabriella a bit of a break you wouldn't want to be playing holding having just come back from injury I think David Luiz is still a week and a half away from full fitness so I wouldn't I wouldn't be against the idea of playing even a back three where you could sort of move Xhaka into a, a defensive sort of slot and, and maybe play Saliba alongside uh, Mustafi but um but I, I I wasn't the only thing I was a bit bit I couldn't quite work out is I thought Saliba wasn't named in the Europa League squad so I don't know he's whether not. he's not I didn't I didn't think no. he was I didn't think he's he was in, so no the right, fellow so there has it spot on is it Tashi um, he uh, yes. said the other day that he was, oh, that yes. he was that he was that he um, he'd made a mistake he regretted not yeah, yeah. In, in, in not putting Saliba in because Sari Sari's injured and he's going to be out for another three to four weeks they reckon so. Well, he's, uh, not injured, okay. but he's had a setback. Yeah, so, um, and yeah, it's going to be a little bit he, longer. He'd made a bad that, decision. That's, that's a shame, then. That's a shame because it's, um, yeah, I, I think he probably would have would have probably had that game. But I, I do think we'll start to see him get get into squads at least, or you know, and, and the fact that he's in regular full time training. The, the one thing that that has come up, a lot of people have sort of said, oh, you know, we spent all this money and he's not good enough, and oh, we've signed a dud and all this. And it's like again, the guy hasn't played a first team game, like. It's an investment, you know. It's going to take a bit. Some players take longer than others to adapt. Jesus, 19. let's not throw the exactly. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. Yeah. It, it's it'll take time, and and you don't become a bad 
centre half overnight, and he and he was very very good in in Saint Etienne, as was Fafana, who Danny mentioned, who's gone to Leicester, and, and he's doing a really really good job. So, I do think he'll he'll get some some game time, but it's a question of of being patient. And like I say, if we get through the Europa League first round um, group stages, you know who knows where our squad will be after that, because you know we might have other players out injured, he might get the the opportunity to come back in, but he's being named in. Um, Reserve team uh, squads regularly now. He seems to be playing regular football. That's going to help, and and hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be integrated in further and, and looked after because there, there is a talent there. He played the other night. He played for the under twenty threes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and, and very well as well. And, and as for Reese Nelson, um, I, I thought he really took his chance in the Europa game the other night. I was, yeah. I wouldn't have played him at Old Trafford, but I would have had him in the squad. And um, I, I hope we see him on Thursday because. He looked like a player against, albeit Dundalk. Um, you know, no disrespect, they weren't you know the best of outfits, but he looked like a player who was trying to make a real impression and was really knuckled down and 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 he's a bit of a throwback. He, he reminds me of like he reminds me of a good version of Jermaine Pennant. You know, somebody with a trick or two and a little bit of little, little bit of sort of lightly lads about him. But you know, he's got, he's got ability. It's just whether he gets the chances. Um, you know, when Pennant got chances. He did very well. Unfortunately, he was a bit of a, a pleb off the pitch. But yeah, he reminds me of that sort of player, a bit of a throwback English winger. So I'd, I'd like to see him get game time. But again, it's such a congested area of the pitch. Then uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I hope I hope we do. I hope we do. OK. Uh, this... Sorry. Uh, next question is to you, Craig, um, and this is from Gunnar Crack Podcast. Um, he says, uh, I've seen a lot of people say that this team's systems won't work against low blocks. Would the relentless pressure not cause mistakes against teams with a low block? Yes, it, yes, it could. But, the, uh, you know, we we must pass. We'll, we'll come to that when it happens. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, we're seeing a team... Like Dan said, we're seeing a team evolve, right? No one expected us to go up to Old Trafford. Certainly me, anyway. I don't know about how you boys feel, but no one expected us to go up to Old Trafford and press Manchester United in their own in their own half, and and win the ball in their own half. He's right. It could. Teams that played a low block, it could backfire on us. But we're not going to know that until it happens. Will Arteta, no, will, will Arteta put these tactics in, realise that we're getting done by a low block and change it? So we just don't know. That's the manager's job. That's why we've got to trust, that's why we've got to trust Arteta to do the right thing. But no, he's, it's a valid point. It, we could get caught out or it might not work um, when playing against those kind of teams. But at the end of the day, I'm, I've always said it and I've always said it on our own podcast. I'm right behind Arteta and uh, you know we can't... Again, we can't go off on one too much if he makes a mistake because at the end of the day, he's still learning as well, um, uh, being being a coach. But no, it's, it's a valid point um, and it's a great point. But like I say, I, I'm not too worried. I, I, I really am not too worried. I trust Arteta to make the right choices. Agreed. I definitely have to uh, agree with you there. Um, Daniel, uh, this one's for you. This is from uh, 43, and it's the first ever Periscope question. Woohoo! Um, and 43 says, um, what or who do you think is missing to make us challenge for the title? Um, before I answer that, Jay Rob, an hour ago, thank you very much for, for stuffing some Dory Doos and Chris's pants. They were very, very kind of you. Craig, do you need to go? Uh, I do, actually, yeah. I'm going to slip off if that's all right. 
That's very, thank you very much for joining us. Tell people where they can find your wonderful podcast oh. and your anger on Twitter when we lose. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Scotty Boy Gooner. It's just there. If you like a bit of knee jerk and like to take the piss out of people, I'm your man. Um, you can also find uh, the podcast at Same Old AFC and we're on YouTube, the Same Old Arsenal podcast. Thank you very much, Dan, Chris, Colt. It's been an absolute pleasure being on this podcast. It's my favourite one. It's the first podcast I ever listened to. Here I am on it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, Craig. All, all, right, all the best. Catch you all the best. best. Hello, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. There you go. Yes, so um, everyone knows the same old Arsenal and, podcast. And Anybody can easily go out and find that. Um, what do we need to... Uh, the question was from... Uh, what do we need to... Or get who, the final piece of the puzzle, was it? Yeah. Like, what makes got, us stop challenging for the title? Goals, I think, at the moment, because we've had so many years of shit defenders, uh, shit goalkeepers. We've, we've, I hope you probably won't be listening, but Ma, Ma, um, Manuel Amuni, and he said Martinelli. Almuni was shit. Um, I didn't like Fabianski. Chesney has turned out to be pretty decent, but it was taking him a while to come through. I never really rated Petr Cech. And then another player, that um, Emery, who is third in La Liga with Villarreal at the moment, challenging for the title. But he broke in without playing that from the back, trying to teach an old dog new tricks. So hard to know what the, the exact thing is. It's, so it's not the defence, because he seems to have got that sorted. Martin, with um, Kieran Tierney coming in, it's not the goalkeeper. It looks like the midfield is going to be okay. So I think it's back to the thing that we've had no trouble in recent years doing, scoring goals. We used to score goals for fun. But I think it's just a slow process of bringing, building everything up and getting everything all to fit in place. But goals, is it? Is it goals? Is there anything I've missed there? Do you not think we're always one or two players away from being a completed squad? That we're always missing something. I mean, for years it was we were missing a defensive midfielder. You know, for years... And I, I can see Chris going to roll his eyes, but you know, we had although we had Olivier Giroud, we needed I think we needed a different striker uh, to play off Olivier Giroud. You know, for years we needed uh, good centre backs. There's always something missing. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think, think I the agree. We're struggling to find one. Means we might be getting there, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I'm, you know that. We're always just that one, but I guess every team can say that no team is complete, every team feels that they're missing something, and I guess we're just exactly the same. Like, no team is is the most complete team in, in the world. There's always something. I mean, the most complete team I think I've ever seen is the Barcelona team of 0809. I think that team was literally perfect. I, I genuinely do, but since then, I don't think there's been a team where something's not missing. So yeah, one of those things. Uh, Chris, um, I'm going to take this question because I can know what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> Carter Stage, uh, a YouTube member, he says, I say we need to sell Laka and Xhaka um, in the January transfer window and get a midfield win. Right. What do you guys think? Um, no, January is not the time to make changes like that. You know, uh, actually, I'm going to go to Chris because I know that um, we could talk about uh, Awa, uh, uh, you know, I don't think I, I, I can almost guarantee he's not going to come in the January transfer window. Um, but you know, next season, I guess we might still be in for him, or other teams might come in for him. I don't know how cl- I know we were quite close to getting him, but Chris, do you think that you know, it's the end of this 
transfer or in June, July, do you think we're still might be interested in him? Did, just repeat the, the player again. Sorry, interested in who? Awar. Awar. Sorry, yeah. The, 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 it cut the, the old ISDN cut, cut out for a second there. Yeah, I still think we're. Um, I still think we'll be keen. That the, the big issue we're going to have now is that he's getting regular game time for, for Leon, and and he's essentially the, one of their most key players now. Which probably means we're going to never to be have a, a pretty good half season up until Christmas, and then we might have to compete with other teams for him. So that that's that's the big issue. The the time to have got him was when we were. The head of the queue um, and all those people saying, "Oh, Juventus are interested. Man City are interested." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, bullshit. No, they weren't. The only other team that that actually put in a a, a a concrete offer was PSG, and that was one of those. We'll take him now, and we'll pay back in installments. And, and Leon were like, "Nah." So um, I, I think we're still interested. There's the the links to um, is it Slobishai? Uh, it's pronounced in in uh, Salzburg. He he's he's definitely performing very well for them. Um, hit Tom up on on uh, Twitter about uh, about him. He's a big fan, but um, I think he. I think again, there'll be a lot of competition for his signature. So yeah, I, I think Awar is still on the radar. But at the same time, we're looking at what two months for the next window. Who could we shift on before then? Um, I've got a sneaking feeling, and I may be completely wrong on this. I hope I'm right because at least it would finally bring the curtain down i've got a funny feeling that a lot of mls clubs will have a look at mesut in the off season and i, I wonder if because the mls season comes to an end fairly soon uh although it's a bit of a weird season this year because it's been affected but the the mls uh cup will, will end soon I believe it's in the next month if chris lodato is still in the chat he'll be able to tell me for definite but um yeah with the mls off season in in u.s soccer as it is over there there's a lot of they have like what they're called um Danny, what are they called? Uh, not draft picks. Um, special players, aren't they? Um, oh, designated ones. Designated players, that's it. Where, where every team's allowed to have one or two uh, high-earning designated yeah, they players. The they had the Beckham Law, didn't they? That's it, yeah. And obviously, like, Miami, Miami have got Gonzalo Iguain and Blaise Matuidi at the moment. And there's there's a lot of sort of bigger name players that are finding their way over to MLS and Zlatan was there for a season. There's a lot of big MLS franchises that are looking to make large signings. And I've got a sneaking suspicion that, that Mesut might be tempted by that if he can stop tweeting about our games to do that. Uh, Chris has just put there three, uh, three designated players. So there you go. So, um, yeah, I, I wonder if we could shift Mesut on and therefore free up a lot of those wages, I wonder if then that might be the time we, we might actually go and get a player in January. And I guess it depends where we are in the league by that point. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think we are... I, I, th- I think we're still keeping tabs on, on our... But I worry that we might have missed the boat a bit, if you know what I mean. That's my concern. And we still need that player. Like, we still need... Our form at the moment is great, but let's not get away from the fact we really, really need to... Uh, to fill that creative gap in that midfield. And yes, Tony, it is indeed an Alice band. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got beautiful hair like mine, Tony, you've got to keep it in check. Do you know what I mean? Um, we've got an hour and a half, so I'll do two more questions. Um, Danny, this is to you. This is from David Waffles. Uh, can we judge the manager by just the results? Uh, what is the length what is that length of time? So how 
how do we judge him that he's done a good job? I mean, for me, uh, he's won a trophy. Surely he's got to be up there, right? Well, it's something no Spurs manager has managed to do in the last, oh, what was it, 2005 they won the League Cup? Um, then was it 1991 when they won the FA Cup? So they, they seem to, uh, all their managers seem to be getting away with, with blue murder. So after 42 games to have uh, beaten Man United away for the first time and to have won the FA Cup, to won the Charity Shield, to be unbeaten in the Europa League, um, the best defence in the Premier League when other teams are going out and getting absolutely smashed. So it's it's lots of little boxes that he is ticking. Team confidence up, shit players now good, getting in the right players, do the right job at the right time, Pl- adapting his tactics game for game, being able to cope around having fucktards at the club that have no interest of anything other than their own well-being. So, yeah, I think everything's coming together nicely. And so I judge him on, oh, I don't judge him on anything at the moment. He's only been there, what, less than a year, almost a year. Don't judge him on anything. Let, let him get on with it. So I'm perfectly happy. Yes, uh, kind of have to agree with you. Um, you know, he's won, a, he's, he's won a trophy, so he's instantly better than Fat Frank and you know every single Spurs manager since 2005. So, yeah, absolutely great. Um, before you start thinking about your shout-outs, both of you, fuck you, Danny. This shout-outs not gentlemen's questions. Um, this question is also to you, Danny. And Ooh. Chris can't be involved in this. And it's from our Josh. And our Josh says, what should Chris's new Twitter handle be? Um, the artist formerly known as the Dirty Pirate, because you can now have longer Twitter names. The artist formerly known as Chris. I think it should be <laughs> Farmers Football Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I could start like my own podcast called Farmers Weekly, couldn't I? And just like see how many people I can get agricultural shows, and yeah, that'd be great fun. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sorted. Yeah. Oh gosh! Right, Chris, I'll hand it. Fun over times. To Danny. What? Oh yes. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, we're doing shout outs. Oh yes. Um. Oh, my one is going to go to uh, a couple of people. Um, Nobby Styles, World Cup winner. Very sad that he passed away. Um, then there's uh, Sean Connery, another one who passed away this week. John Sessions, didn't overly like him, but he was funny and he did a good job. Um, there's been so many. It's going for a phase like we did it a few years ago where lots of famous people are passing away. And, of course, Bobby Ball, Rock on Tommy. Sad times, so uh, yeah, grab the ones you love and give them a big squeeze. That's me, Dan. Okay. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, I've got two shout outs, and I've got a, I've got a question in the chat. Steve O, uh, hi, Steve, how are you doing? Um, he asked me what my, my 10K is at now. Um, 41.19, Steve, was, was my, my all time quickest, I think, according to my app, anyway. Uh, but yeah, av- average in the 40 minute bracket. So not too bad. Not too bad. Getting there, mate. Getting there. Um, shout outs. Um, first one I want I'm gonna give to Josh Robinson, who just before I went to Twitter jail, uh said my views on football are both outdated and very poor, and for me to get in the bin. So hi Josh, if you're watching. I miss you too. <laughs> Josh sends and, questions um, in quite regularly. I know he does. He's, he's called, a little troll, dirty little bugger. Josh, um, though. What do you expect? 
I know. He, he hated my views and, and found them outdated, but he still followed me. Anyway, um, and um, my other my other shout out is going to go to Jackasaurus, um, who uh, you you probably won't have known, Danny, because you were in bloody bed. But old Jacko did a I think it was a thirteen hour charity stream the other day, streamed from eleven o'clock in the morning till midnight, I believe it was, and he was playing some Alien Resurrection, uh, not Alien Resurrection, that's a film, Alien Isolation. Um, and I hopped into his stream. Um, I didn't say hello because I was kind of doing that thing where I was doing things in the background and lurking. But I was there, Jack, and uh, it was a very enjoyable stream. Keep up the good work, sir. And, and well done. 13 hours streaming is no fucking joke, by the way. It's it's almost as hard as listening to Danny on a podcast for an hour and a half. It's tough going. But uh, he did a good job, mate. And um, I think you, I think he was only just short of... Um, of uh of his goals um his follow goals and his funds raise so well done to you jackasaurus and uh yeah he's on twitch i think it's at jackasaurus if you want to follow him i'm sure danny will find a link but yeah well done to you sir all right uh i am going to be greedy and have a few uh the first one is to ci laguna um she is an arsenal supporter and she's found out she's pregnant so congratulations to her um, Anyone seen John recently? <laughs> uh, my second shout out is to all my Man United friends who seem to have been really, really quiet since Sunday, and I'm a bit worried about them. Really, really worried. Like I even added all of them, and not one reply. Very, very strange, and I'm a bit worried about them. So I'm going to keep on adding them um, just to make sure that they are okay. And my final shout-out is to Ellis. I still want people just to tweet him. Nothing else but hashtag fuck Ellis. Just, I just want his inbox filled up with hashtag fuck Ellis because really and truly, hashtag fuck Ellis. I'll send him a postcard with fuck Ellis on because that's the only thing I can do these days. <laughs> so, send him yeah, on the that's... Pirates account. Yeah, I could do that. Dan- Danny just tried to spam fuck Ellis and he spelt fuck wrong. So I think that sort of sums up our podcast quite nicely. Fuck oh, it. Jesus, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You can't get Look the at concentration on his face. <laughs> yeah. Every ounce of what he had left, though, didn't it? Good grief. All right, Daniel, bring this show to a close. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, thank you very much to Craig from the Same Old Arsenal podcast. Go and watch him every Monday, usually live, I think, 7.30 or 8 o'clock, one or the other. Uh, thank you very much, Carl. You have been magnificent as always, and uh, good luck with the decorating and the salt and vinegar McCoy's crisps. Yes, it's, uh, do you know what? I did have all decorating... I can't wallpaper for shit and I was going to get someone to wallpaper and then Boris decided to lock us down again so I can't exactly have people inside my house so decorating has been put on hold unfortunately and you know and also genuinely to everyone in lockdown stay safe and if you feel your mental health going because I definitely know that mine definitely did in the first lockdown reach out to people don't be afraid just to you know at someone call someone you know hit someone up on whatsapp anything don't feel you have to go through this alone you know if you live alone and you know you're being told to stay home and you work from home as well it can get lonely that you don't see people i'm lucky i get to go i get to go into work and see people at work but don't suffer in silence if you genuinely feel like you know your mental health is suffering talk to someone 
talk to any of us on at ABW. We're always here. Josh is always there. Chris, sorry, Chris. Uh, Danny's always there. I'm always <laughs> here. So. Chris Wilde, you know, but he's not anymore. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, reach out to anyone. If we just want to have a talk about football, we're here. You know, some of us will talk shit, you know, Danny, definitely. But, you know, reach out to us. Don't feel you have to go through this alone. It's, it is hard, but, you know, stay strong, everyone. Wise words, Chris. Any final words? No, I just echo that. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't don't suffer in silence. And, and if you're one of those people who sort of feel the need to um, get out and about and, and do something like, you know, I know that the uh, something close to my heart, like Sunday League football uh, has been postponed again. I hate to say I told you so, but uh, that's happened and that will affect a lot of people's sort of physical fitness and whatnot. Um, you know, I know I probably bang on about it or, or have done in the past, but I found running about two years ago now um, and really, really enjoying it. I managed to smash out 110 miles last month. And, and I came from literally nothing, just getting a pair of decent shoes. And and I've found I really love it. And sometimes it's really nice just to stick in a podcast of whomever and just, just hit the streets and, and enjoy it. So if you are suffering, you know, exercise is permitted. So um, get yourself out there and just have a little trot round and uh, discover the delights of the outside world while you still can. But if you are stuck indoors um yeah just just give us a nudge and anybody who's on ps4 and who wants to complete some co-op objectives with me on fifa 21 please add me uh c freddy 8 is my tag on ps4 please add me because i fucking hate co-op and i want to get the objectives done thank you please that's for f-r-e-d-d-i-e not it's the it's the um lundberg way isn't it yeah c-f-r-e-d-d-i-e eight excellent right yeah, thank you to Jay Rob, who uh, stuffed some dollary doos down your pants. Thanks to L. I think we had 200 people at one point. I think a lot of them came over from um, from Craig's one, um, Craig's podcast. Oh, yeah. Craig said he's on PS4 as well. Oh, D- do you follow each other? Excellent. Uh, we, well, we don't, but we can do now. So I'll make a note of that now, Scotty. I shall add you up, sir. Good. And our next show is Tuesday. It is Arsenal v Mould in the Europa League. It's me and our, our Egyptian legend, Richard. We're talking of Egyptian legends. Rami Shaban liked our tweet of the show. So, Rami, triple back-to-back-to-back-to-back winner to the ABW Best Guest of the Year. And as so far, he's been the only celebrity guest this year. It could be his fourth title. Maybe we'll have to rename it the Rami Shaban Guest of the Year podcast. Anyway, we're dribbling on now. It's been one hour, 45 minutes. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. We have been a Burkham Wonderland. We will see you later. Mikela Teta's army. Way Up your bum. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. Hashtag Keep coming. Fuck Alice. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>